Hello everyone. I'm Yasvi Jalan, a 14-year-old from Kolkata. Today, I'll be talking about the lesser-known facts or rather hidden secrets of a great Indian mythology, the Mahabharat. And today I have with me Dharani and Ashrita as my co-hosts. So Dharani and Ashrita, could you please introduce yourselves to our audience? Good evening everyone. I am Dharani Karwa, a 15-year-old from Assam. I would like to thank Arshana ma'am, Nidhi ma'am and the entire team of Vukosmia and also Yashvi for giving me this opportunity of being a co-host. Um, hi everyone, I am Ashrita from Bangalore. I am a 12-year-old and I am really happy and really glad that Arshana ma'am and Yashvi allowed me to be a co-host. Really excited to be here. Well, I too am excited to have you both as my co-hosts. So, without any further ado, let us begin. We are all aware of Mahabharata. We have heard of this great Indian epic from either our grandparents or parents or someone else. Well, we all know the basics, don't we? That Mahabharata is an ancient Hindu epic where a daughter is a prize in an archery contest, a forest is destroyed to make a new city, God gives an immense, uh, an immenseful knowledgeable preaching known as Gita, which is passed on from generations to generations. Now, without any further ado, let us see what are the hidden facts of this Indian epic. So, the first one is the time split for Draupadi. Now, we are all aware of the fact that Draupadi was the daughter of King Drupad, the king of Panchala. Now, Draupadi was forced, rather given an ultimatum to marry five people that were the Pandavas. Those were Kunti's five children, Bhim, Yudhishthar, Arjun, Nakul and Sahadev. Now, if she is marrying five people, there was a time split for her that each husband would get one year to spend with Draupadi. Then she would have to undergo severe penance in order to make herself pure once again. And... During the time, no other husband can enter her room. If a person enters a room, then that person would be subjected to one year of vanvas, loosely translated as forest life. Well, Dharani, I would like to ask you, as a woman, do you think that whatever happened with Draupadi was correct? I feel as a woman or as a girl of this era, what happened to Draupadi was extremely wrong. Not only this disrespected her emotions and feelings, but subjecting her to only one husband per year is not correct. And also, we don't... Uh, was she allowed to, you know, just sort of express what she had in her mind? Absolutely. I agree with this thing. And Ashrita, what are your views uh, yeah, um, it was actually corresponding to the times that a woman would be treated as a kind of property and um, basically what happened was the father would be like kind of the owner of the woman and would make your decisions for you. And then after you get married, your husband would do that. Here, however, Draupadi was given no choice and had to marry five men. And what's more, she had to spend one one year with each of them and I don't think she even got a choice to choose who she got to spend like time with and stuff. Well, Ashita, you're absolutely correct. 
Draupadi didn't have a choice in such a case. She was basically told to spend one year with each husband depending upon their age. So Yudhishthir being the eldest got the first chance to spend a year with Draupadi followed by Bhim, then Arjun and then Nakul and Sahadev. Now moving on to our next piece of information. Well, relying on this aforementioned fact, we have Arjun's one year of Vanwas. So, on hearing this thing, I think all my listeners can easily interpret that maybe Arjun had entered Draupadi's room when she was spending time with one of her other husbands. And because of that, he was uh, subjected to one year of forest life. Well, if you are thinking so, you are absolutely correct. Arjun had entered Draupadi's room when it was Yudhishthir's time to spend a year with Draupadi. Well, the reason was quite a big one. Indraprastha was basically the abode of the Pandavas. All the Pandavas, including Kunti, Draupadi, would live in Indraprastha. Well, a Ratsu Yagya is basically a Yagya performed by a king when they have to establish a kingdom's sovereignty. And that is exactly what Yudhishthir wanted to do at that point of time. But for the Ratsu Yagya, one had to sacrifice one lakh cows. And these one lakh cows were coming all the way from Hastinapur. Hastinapur is the place where um, the Kauravas and Dhritarashtra and all lived. Now, when Arjun got to know that Takshak, the king of all the snakes, had stolen those one lakh cows, he basically got enraged. And he knew that in order to fight Takshak, he needed his Gandhiv Dhanush, one of the most powerful bows in the entire world. And unfortunately, that Dhanush was there in Draupadi's room. And if Arjun would have told Draupadi to get it out, then she would have asked him millions of questions and probably wouldn't even let him go. So he had no other option but to barge in into the room, grab the Dhanush and kill Takshak. Now, rules are rules. So, Arjun had to go for a year of Vanvas. And at that point of time, Arjun also married Subhadra, who was the sister of the Yadav clan heir, Lord Krishna. Now, based upon this story, I would like to ask Ashwita that do you think Arjun was really at fault? Was he really guilty? Um, thanks, but I don't think Arjun was guilty. It was a rule that they created for a reason. Um, I think it was uh, to stop like enmity and jealousy among them. But then on the other hand, uh, Arjuna had a duty to his kingdom. He had to save the cows so the Rajasura Yagya would be successful. So I don't think Arjun was at fault whatsoever. However, um, as you said, rules are rules. And since he broke it, it was right that he had to go to Vanvas. Well, Ashrita, you're absolutely correct. Rules at the end of the day are rules. And after all, Yudhishthir was known as the person who always abided by dharma. Dharani, what are your views in this context? Um, I also agree with Ashita and if asked to me, I would also say that Arjun was not at fault. He was not guilty as he only entered the room to get his Gandhi Dhanush in order to rescue the cows. Also, I would like to add that had he not been able to get the Dhanush, he wouldn't have been able to rescue the cows. And he and also if asked that why people, that why, you know, uh, he didn't ask Draupadi because that would delay his process as Draupadi was asking him a million questions about it. Well, again, you all are absolutely correct. Now, moving on to the next one. 
this one is indeed my favorite krishna's choice now if lord krishna is involved in this thing absolutely it has to be something amusing doesn't it well let me take you back to the time before this entire war of mahabharat was fought uh krishna had promised to fulfill the wish of any person who would visit him first now duryodhan and arjun both took this as a golden opportunity to get their demand fulfilled after all krishna was the omniscient and he could fulfill anyone's demands so both of them went to krishna's room um unfortunately the first one to go was duryodhan so all of you must be thinking oh my god why duryodhan well it isn't that simple when duryodhan entered the room krishna was fast asleep so duryodhan went and sat beside a chair that was kept near krishna's head after that came parth parth is a person um, who is arjun only arjun's pet name was parth who was given to him by krishna this is because he was kunti's son now coming back to our story uh, arjun was a keen devotee of krishna so he went and sat near krishna's feet now it's very likely isn't it why don't you try it when you are sleeping and you open your eyes the first thing you likely to see is something that is placed near your foot so using the same logic krishna first saw arjun and as per his condition whoever he would see first he would fulfill the wish of that particular person so when he saw arjun he asked for his wish duryodhan quarreled upon this thing but he had no option he had to accept his defeat in front of krishna because he did give him some tactful answers to his questions now when krishna asked arjun that part what is it that you demand then part said that what can you give me so krishna said i only have two things to give you one is my immensely large narayani sena that is the army and the other one is me myself a person who has sworn not to charge arms against any person so duryodhan was hoping in his mind his hands and his legs all were crossed thinking that i wish that the senseless arjun chooses krishna not the army and all arjun wanted was krishna's guidance so he chose krishna's company and uh, duryodhan was very happy and he chose the narayani sena but his happiness didn't last that longer so dharani do you think that krishna's choice was well planned and if yes or no why do you think so well if asked me i would say that krishna's choice was well planned because he knew duryodhan being more sort of a fool so to say he would choose the army as it had more strength in the number of people and also the his wish to help the pandavas and which would give arjun the last choice to choose last choice aka the second choice which is choosing krishna would help him choose the pandavas which help would lead to him helping the pandavas like he wanted to Well, you're absolutely correct. Krishna knew about Duryodhan's cunning plan, and he didn't want the risk of making Duryodhan choose him first. So maybe if there was a change in faith, and uh, Duryodhan would have chosen Krishna. So, Ashwita, what do you think? Um, I agree with Dharani, but I also think that Krishna knew that you know how arrogant Duryodhan was. He would never sit at Krishna's feet. Whom and once one incident he actually called him a coward. So he had no respect for Krishna, but he had respect for power. Krishna already knew that he would choose the army. 
because he was foolish and he thought that you know material power was everything he also knew that arjuna was humble and respected krishna he would sit at his feet and whether given the choice or not he would anyway choose krishna because he valued advice above all so um krishna's choice more than uh, he planned it very carefully in, in fact some sources even say that he wasn't even sleeping he was just pretending to speak this was all preplanned absolutely ashita and i agree with the fact that this could have been just a way of krishna pretending to sleep so that all the events would have occurred the way he thought now moving on krishna breaks his promise well this statement does hold in itself a little bit of amusement doesn't it lord krishna himself breaking a promise well you must be thinking that what on earth happened that the great almighty himself had to break his promise well we all know about bhishma pitama the fearless and the amazing warrior who had excelled in all things be it archery sword fighting or whatever you take it this is because he was trained by parshuram now what happened is we all know that bhishma pitama was forced rather given an ultimatum to join the kauravas and fight against the pandavas with duryodhan because you see the kauravas were very well aware that if they did not have dronacharya and bishwabatama they would easily lose the war because they were not anything in front of the pandavas now bishwabatama was forced to take an oath that either in this entire battle of mahabharata he would kill arjun or make krishna break his promise as we have already talked about it earlier krishna had sworn that he would not charge weapons against any person so if he was being compelled to charge a weapon against anyone then that would result in krishna breaking his promise and this would act as a black spot upon his entire life saying that the lord himself has the rights to break promises then why can't we now coming back so bhishma pitama did not want to kill arjun but it was impossible to break krishna's promise so he had no option but to kill arjun now krishna respected the wish of his devotee after all bhishma pitama was a devotee of lord narayan and krishna was an incarnation of lord narayan himself so what happened was on the third day of the fear fearful war of mahabharata krishna he took a wooden wheel kept it in middle of his index finger and ran towards bhishma pitama and threatened him to surrender his weapons and not take the risk of enduring any of the pandavas by doing so he had broken his promise well was it really intentional or unintentional well let me say you let me tell this to you this was absolutely an intentional action because krishna by doing this broke his promise by doing this bhishma pitama had basically fulfilled one of his oaths and this would not lead to him committing a sin of killing his own descendant well what do we learn from this that krishna the almighty can basically break his own promises so that the promises of his devotees are kept safely so ashita do you think that krishna's breaking of his promise represents his love for his devotee or just a mere action for um showing himself or considering him, himself as a more superior person um i would say that this definitely shows love 
but it also means that krishna knows that um shri krishna knows that his life as krishna was just um so it is temporary he would have to die soon however as narayan sins um don't really cause uh, cause a blot upon him however his devotees are mortal so they when they reborn if they should have a good life they should not commit any sins now krishna um he is making sure that bhishma pitamaha does not break any promises as he knows that even if he breaks a promise nothing shall happen to him however bhishma pitamaha would be um charged with the due to karma in his next life so this just shows that he it, he just loves his devotees more than himself and it also shows how wise he is well ashita you're absolutely correct and dharani i would also like to know your views well if asked to me i would agree with ashita to a certain extent and in my opinion uh, i feel that krishna uh, you know um, in my opinion uh, you know krishna had a lot of love for his devotees and so to save Arj- uh, arjun's life also he wanted bhishma patama to fulfill his promise you're absolutely correct dharani now we have a short story time well aren't you all excited for it now have you ever wondered that beat krishna or balram or any descendant or successor of the raghu clan or oh, sorry i mean the yadava clan was never a king he was always a king maker well doesn't that introduce a little bit of curiosity in you well there's a long history to it there's a long history as to why the incarnation of god himself never got the privilege to become a king he always remained a king maker now the reason behind this is a curse now we all know a curse is a way of basically venting out your frustration and immense full anger and a curse is not basically one or two events it is basically a culmination of many events now let me tell you a story about yayati's demand long ago there lived sharmistha and divyani they were best of friends sharmistha was basically the daughter of the asura king and divyani was the daughter of the guru of the asuras shukracharya so one day both divyani and sharmistha they went to take a bath in the well and by mistake divyani who was the daughter of the guru wore sharmistha's robes and then sharmistha took her pride and accused divyani of a person who would steal from others and a very jealous girl and accused him father as a beggar and she threw divyani in the pool after that there was a person known as yayati he was a prince he came and rescued divyani but he had touched divyani and according to scriptures if you touch a woman who is not married you are supposed to marry that girl so both divyani and yayati were married to each other but divyani wanted to take revenge against sharmistha so she went and told to shukracharya that was his father that this has happened to me and i want to take her revenge so basically shukracharya had kept a demand in front of the asura king that he would only perform all his yagyas if his daughter sharmistha would act or serve as a maid to his daughter the king did not have any other option but to give away his daughter as a maid to divyani so can you imagine a princess as a maid well this isn't the end of the story 
what happened was that when divyani went to live with yayati in his beautiful and extravagant palace yayati and sharmishta came in front of each other and both of them fell in love in the first place and they secretly married each other had a child as well and throughout this time divyani did not know about a single thing then one day she heard sharmishta's son addressing yayati as his father that day she realized that she had been betrayed and deceived both by her husband and her mate so she went crying to her father shukracharya and this time shukracharya cursed yayati to be old and important very soon both of them realized that this curse on yayati was basically a curse on divyani because she had to live with a very old person so at that point of time shukracharya said that the only way of reversing this curse was if one of yayati's son took away the curse and basically left lived an old and important life so yayati went to both of his sons he had one son from sharmishtha and one son from divyani the son from divyani refused to do that his name was yadu and the son from sharmishtha had agreed to do this his name was puru so puru became an old and important son and at that point of time his father enjoyed his youth and he would enjoy with his wives he would go on hunting and what not very soon yayati realized that his son should not live such a life so basically he took back the curse of being old and important he renounced the entire kingdom and declared puru though he was younger as a successor and he cursed yadu that he would never be able to become a king in his entire life yadu then went to mathura over there he married the daughter of a king uh, and he became the king maker as per the curse he could never become the king himself but he did become a king maker and now can you guess that who were the descendants of this yadu clan called well absolutely right they were known as the yadavas now i would like to ask a question from you tharani that have you ever regretted anything in life or a demand in life and you have realized it a bit later um as a growing person and during my age which is teenage we um, as as children we re- tend to overthink things and for me so to say i have made decisions in life which because of my overthinking self i have regretted because it didn't go the way i wanted it to but if asked to me i don't think the the regression was meant to be it was only one or two uh, situations in my life so to say that i have regretted and i feel i've learned and grown from that so the regret has slowly decreased wow that's great and ashita what about you Uh, yeah, I had made a couple of decisions and I regretted. But then uh, later, I just like after some time, I found out that it kind of helped me. So in the short term, it may have caused problems, but now the decisions that I've made are really helping me. So yeah, I have, but I'm happy about them since they help me now. Wow, that really is a very optimistic view. Now, before we end this podcast, I would like to suggest a few books to all the readers who like mythology. One of them, which I recommend the most, and I would also like to say that I found a lot of my portions and hidden secrets from this book. It is titled as the Jaya Mahabharat, written by none other than Deepak Patnaik. We also have a book known as the Gita for Kids by Rupa Pai. and also mahabharata a child's view written by samitha ami 
both these books are for children and they can read it easily another book that i would like to recommend for those people who would like to go into the depth of this entire system of mahabharat is a book written by ami ganatra mahabharata unraveled all these books are amazing and i have personally read all of them so i'm sure that you all will love it so without any further ado i would like to come to an end of this podcast i hope that you all really liked it and enjoyed yourself so next up on 13 september at 5 pm do join my friend vibhisha for an episode on hustle culture boon or bane only on trending with teens india's first live podcast for teens till then see you